This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you? Doing well, enjoying this summer weather. Yeah, it's uh at least at least we got some rain to start out June, but yeah, it's uh it's a little hot out there, but that's okay. That's okay. We are uh, uh June is men's health month, so mm-hmm. we are going to be spending some time here talking about men's health concerns and things that we can be proactive about and maybe some prevention measures that we can take. And we're happy to welcome on to the show, Dr. Chinador Rajesh. He is with Alray Gynecology and Intimate Health Center. Dr. Rajesh, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, it's no secret that the statistics say that there are more women than men who are caregivers. So naturally, men's health is a topic that we don't talk about often on this sh- show. Um, but I'll lean on Jason a little bit more this time. <laughs> um, I don't want to start with a scare tactic to get the men to go to the doctor. But what are some of the biggest threats for health in men, Dr. Rajesh? I think the biggest threat is uh, uh, delaying actually uh, asking for care, uh, men tend to ignore uh, the first symptoms or uh, if, if they're not feeling well, they usually think, oh, he's going to get better. I just better leave it alone. And uh, it kind of delays uh, when they actually end up seeking the care. Uh, so I know compared to men, uh, men tend to uh, kind of procrastinate things uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to their health. Uh, so I think that's the biggest hindrance. Mm-hmm. How can you be proactive in preventing some of the biggest concerns for men's health? And are there some health screenings that you should consider? And how often should you consider going to the doctor? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, as a, you know, the, you, everybody has a, like a annual health checkup. Uh, it is controversial whether annual health checkup does anything at all, but it's, you know, it's beyond doubt uh, that at least if 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 a man goes to the annual health checkup, uh, certain things are taken care of, uh, like vaccinations. Uh, if they're due for certain vaccinations, they tend to get it when they go for this annual checkup. Uh, also, after a certain age, you have to look. Uh, you know, you you'll have to consider getting certain preventative uh, checkups uh, like colonoscopy. Uh, and so on. So it depends on the age uh, one is in, uh, age group rather. Uh, also, this is for people with what we call as average risk. Uh, there are certain family health, uh, uh, you know, family history, uh, which can dictate things otherwise, uh, which, uh, which is a little bit different from usual guidelines. Wonderful. And if you're like any of the men in my life, you go to the primary care doctor because you were told to schedule it. Um, so if, if I could only yeah. be a fly on the wall during those visits, <laughs> uh, what are some key things that men should be discussing at their annual wellness visit? Are there things they should be asking or um, or being discussed at these at, at primary care visits? Yeah, the first and uh, foremost thing is uh, uh, obviously if they have any ongoing concerns, uh, definitely that should be uh, 
put forth for discussion. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, depending on what age they are in, uh, there are certain vaccinations that need to be considered and certain screening procedures that need to be uh, discussed as well. Uh, just to give an example, uh, anybody over the age of 50, uh, now uh, shingles vaccination is recommended. Uh, it's given in two doses. It's over 90% effective compared to the old one. So that is something that can be discussed, of course. Uh, and uh, again, uh, the, uh, screening uh, like colonoscopy and so on, uh, for example, until now, uh, colonoscopy was recommended for the people over the age of 50. Again, when I, whenever I'm talking about these numbers, these are for people with average risk, but these tend to be different for people who have family history and so on, or other risk factors. Uh, now it, it was recently changed to 45 years. Uh, that's a recent change that came into the effect, uh, rather, uh, recommendation uh, just this year. Uh, so there are certain other things to consider as well. Uh, obviously, if somebody is smoking, uh, definitely that's a top on the list to quit, uh, really. And if you need any kind of uh, help in quitting, uh, that can be discussed as well. You have so many different things that are available uh, to help somebody quit smoking. Uh, obviously, there are certain screening questions uh, that are being asked when somebody goes to uh, these preventative visits, uh, like amount of alcohol. Uh, again, uh, as a general recommendation uh, for men, it's usually the recommended alcohol intake should be less than two drinks a day. Uh, and obviously, there are people who may not be having uh, that many drinks a day, but they tend to binge drink. So that's, again, a, a problem. So these are the you know few things that can be discussed. Obviously, uh, you'll be asked to undergo uh, certain basic lab work like cholesterol levels, blood sugar levels, and obviously the blood pressure is being checked. So if there's anything that's out of the order, uh, you know that, that, that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can talk specific things uh, as we go along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dr. Rajesh, uh yeah, men typically, uh, I guess this may be some stereotyping, but there may be some truth in it as well. You know, we, we often don't talk a whole lot about our own health problems with others. And I know caregivers or loved ones who maybe uh, have an older male in their life who they, they want to check up on them and make sure they're okay. Do you have any suggestions for how to open that communication? I mean, I know if someone asks me like, hey, how are you doing? I'm just going to give you a surface level answer. But <laughs> if you give me a more direct question like, hey, how are the kids doing or what's new at work? Then, you know, I'm more likely to open up and give you more detailed answers. Is there a way that we can frame these questions better or maybe dive in a little bit deeper to find out what's going on with our loved ones, the things that they may not be willing to share initially? Oh, absolutely. Uh, as we get older, uh, there are certain things uh, that come up, obviously. Uh, you know, just, just sort of uh, life expectancy. In 1900, the average male life expectancy was 47. Now, uh, the last one I could find was 2014, it was 79, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is probably 79 to 80 uh, at this point. So uh, we literally are living twice uh, uh, compared to just over 100 years ago. So there are uh, certainly there are a lot of things that happen as we get older. 
definitely, as we get older, there are certain things we tend to keep in mind. But obviously, one is cognitive impairment. Uh, it may not be obvious to the person himself, but uh, the friends and family would definitely notice it. Uh, many times, it's a good idea to accompany, you know, uh, to have a family or friend to go along with the uh, for these uh, visits uh, if it is. Uh, possible and uh, if that person agrees to it uh, because they are able to uh, give a little bit more information uh, than the person himself uh, and other things as we get older uh, we have to look into whether somebody you know the question could be regarding uh, the balance issues whether they are uh, prone to having falls uh, and there are other things uh, which may not be very obvious uh, but uh, certainly to be looked into would be uh, incontinence issues uh, and whether they are depressed. Uh, there are That is something that's not really addressed directly many times, uh, whether the, somebody's depressed or not. But it's, a, it's not an uncommon thing. As you get older, there are other things that can push us into uh, depression and anxiety, mainly the visual impairment or hearing impairment. So these are all impediments to social interaction. And so a person becomes less uh, interactive just because they are unable to uh, hear or actually see what's going on. Uh, so specifically asking those things would help. Uh, other thing that's, uh, uh, that sometimes bothers uh, people as they get older would be dizziness. Uh, there are many different reasons for dizziness. Uh, again, that Sometimes it's brushed aside because it's, it's kind of a common symptom, but it's more like a nuisance symptom. So people tend to ignore it. Uh, but if it is something that's bothering, yes, that should be uh, discussed as well. Other thing I would really focus on would be medications. Uh, with so many medications that are available for many different conditions, uh, people tend to be on too many as you get older. Uh, just a statistic, 80% of the people after a certain age have at least one chronic condition, and many have multiple. So uh, the medication list can easily run into over 10 or 15 different mm -hmm. pills. And every visit, uh, that is something that needs to uh, be uh, brought forward, uh, whether the provider brings it, uh, brings it up or not. Uh, because every time you go to a doctor's visit, uh, it has to be discussed each medication, whether it's needed or not. And there are so many interactions. Uh, so uh, that I really want to uh, focus uh, or uh, mm -hmm. bring it to everybody's attention, uh, that, the, that the, the medication list is such an important thing. Uh, each time anybody goes to, uh, anybody goes to these uh, doctor visits, uh, th that needs to be... Uh, really uh, discussed whether uh, one should be on it or not. That's great advice and something that we can do for our loved ones. Uh, I really like that idea of tagging along for a doctor's visit and we, we, that observation level has to be there to help make sure that those that you care about are doing okay. We are out of time. I want to thank Dr. Rajesh. He is with Alray Gynecology and Intimate Health Center. You can find more about them online at alraymd.com. That's A-L-R-A-Y-M-D.com. Dr. Rajesh, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. 
We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. If you ever want to find more information about Transitions Life Care, you can always go online to transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, and we are now turning our focus into keeping the home safe and making sure uh, that we are taking the proper precautions, and we're going to have a discussion with Kathy Subasic. She's the uh, doctor of occupational therapy and founder of Forever Home. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jason. I'm really happy to be here and uh, be discussing this really important topic. Yes, I think that there's even more importance been brought to this recently as people discharge from the hospital during COVID or um, over the last year as people try to stay home instead of being in a facility or um, an assisted living, et cetera. So I want to touch on a new side of this that we haven't discussed, and that's moving your loved one back home or into your home for the first time. Are there some key first steps that you should do to assess the safety of your home before moving a loved one in? Absolutely, Mary. Those are really good uh, things to consider. So whenever you are going to move someone out of a facility or if you're moving your loved one from their own home into your home, you want to first look at the entrance. You want to look at are you going to be able to get them in and out of your home safely. That is very important for emergency purposes but also for comfort too. Um, you don't really want to be, you know, jostling someone if they are in a wheelchair or if they have difficulty doing steps. Perhaps you have a number of steps into your home. You want to take a look at that and see what is going to be the best entrance to get them into your home, first of all. And then are there any changes that you might need to make to that entrance to make it safer and easier? So that would be the very first thing I would look at. Mm-hmm. Probably the the second thing I would look at is the pathways in the home, meaning are the walkways clear? Are they free from clutter? Are they free from any electrical cords, perhaps? Is the furniture arranged so that someone can get through safely? For those of us who are fortunate enough to be, you know, able-bodied and, you know, we We just take kind of walking and moving around for granted. Someone who has difficulty with balance or maybe someone who is using a walker for mobility, they have different needs. So that is something that we need to kind of look at through a different lens whenever we are considering bringing um, an older parent or an older loved one into our home. Mm -hmm. You know, what are some easy first modifications that people can make before a move? Yes. So there are definitely a a lot of very easy, low-cost modifications that that someone can make. Um, The first thing I would say is to clear that clutter. If, If you notice clutter around the house, whether, you know, it's your house that they're moving into or a different location, 
be sure to, to clear that clutter away so that there is you know, nothing on the stairs, if they are going to have to go up and down stairs so that the, the pathways are clear. That would be the number one. Number two would be to look at those throw rugs that are in your home. Mm-hmm. If you have any throw rugs around, you know, maybe at the entranceway, maybe in the bathrooms, number one, uh, make sure that they have a rubber backing or if they do not have a rubber backing to secure them in place, they can be secured with double-sided tape. Um, that's something that will work well to secure them as well. I, I would say if there are very small area rugs around that could cause a potential tripping hazard, probably best to just take those up. But they can be secured and they can be um, left down if they're secured uh, well. Another thing I would say to look at is lighting. Um, Lighting is something that is often overlooked in a home. And it's a a large cause of falls sometimes in the home. As, As we get older, our vision changes. Anyone who is over the age of 40 probably has had that experience. Mm-hmm. But even older uh, people experience cataracts or glaucoma or macular degeneration. There are a number of eye diseases that can happen. And that causes decreased vision, which demands a different lighting scenario. So make sure that the lighting is adequate in your home that whenever, you know, you're bringing a loved one into your home, that if there's going to be a favorite seat for them to, mm-hmm. you know, do reading or do any activities they enjoy, that there's task lighting available, meaning mm-hmm. that there's a light right there that they can have. But also in general, uh, for instance, in hallways leading perhaps from a bedroom to a bathroom, installing night lights that are either uh, electric, that would be fine too, that you that you plug into an outlet, or there are also LED uh, night lights that are motion activated or that you can set on a timer. And some of those do not need to be plugged into an outlet. Sometimes an outlet isn't where you need it and they're battery oper- operated and you can just stick them, stick them to the wall. So those are, are some of the first things that are simple and easy and that could really help to make the home safe to to start out with. Those are some great ideas. So we hear a lot about caregivers who are dealing with a loved one that has dementia and the struggles of that with aging in place. Are there some tips or products that you would suggest to those who are taking care of a loved one with dementia? That's a really great question. And dementia can be so variable depending on the stage of dementia that an individual is in and depending on uh, certain behaviors that they are uh, exhibiting. So these will be kind of very general recommendations, but I would suggest for someone who has dementia that is coming into the home, you want to make sure that the home environment is not overwhelming, meaning that there are aren't a lot of um, stimulation around. Often someone with dementia can become more confused if there is a television going all the time or if there is, you know, loud music or, you know, things like that playing in the home all the time. That can be very irritating to someone with dementia. So that would be something I I would say to consider 
that, you know, some people always have the TV on for background noise if they're working in a home or if they're doing housework or something like that, and they don't even think about it. But for someone with dementia, that could be irritating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing that I would say, especially uh, possibly in the bathroom area or the kitchen area, is, again, to keep things simplified, keep the environment simplified. So meaning to not have a lot of clutter out on the countertops, either in the bathroom or the kitchen, so that visually it isn't overstimulating. Because, again, that can be irritating and confusing um, to someone with dementia. And then, of course, you need to consider safety as well. So, for example, if, if the person has a tendency to wander and, you know, possibly go, go towards the door and, and maybe go outside and maybe that's not safe for them to do, you might want to consider putting, you know, different locks on the door perhaps or something that works at times is putting a, a doormat in front of the door that is black because that can look to the person with dementia that there is a hole there or something that they should avoid stepping on. And so sometimes that can uh, work very well and is a simple solution, too. Oh, that's Those are some great tips, Kathy. Thank you so much. If folks want to find more about you and Forever Home, how would they do that? So the best place to find me is uh, probably Forever Home's website. It's www.foreverhomect.com. Foreverhomect.com. Foreverhomect.com. She is Kathy Subasic. She is a doctor of occupational therapy and the founder of Forever Home. Kathy, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. We are taking a quick break and we'll be back with more. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Mary, we're going to be exploring a, a different subject now, and I don't think we've spent much time talking about this at all, but we're going to be talking about second career planning after retirement, and this is so important for us to uh, to stay engaged and active in our retirement years and to have a, a thorough discussion on this. We're very happy to welcome Johnny McManus. Johnny is a therapeutic recreation specialist with Wake Tech. Johnny, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, and good morning. I'm really excited about this. You know, as much as we don't want to think about or consider this, but many Americans, retirement barely exists anymore. I know that's such a bummer, but people are living longer and wanting to stay productive and active. And maybe they're thinking a new career or maybe volunteering, but I feel like many Americans are driving back in after 65. So Johnny, can you talk to us a little bit about this? Is it ever too early to think ahead about an after-retirement second career? It's never too early. And at Wake Tech, 
most of my students that I'm encountering now that are enrolling are seniors. And the reason is because they see the need to continue to be actively engaged. They want to be involved. Mm-hmm. And many seniors have so much to offer. Mm-hmm. They have so much to offer. And recently talking with um, and doing an interview uh, with Mr. Patterson, Henry Patterson, who is retired and seeking a second career, going into a second career, he listed some of the things is financial stability, to do the little extra things that you like to do, such as the landscape, the travel, the fishing trips and things like mm-hmm. that. But not only that, but also the ability to continue to remain mentally alert mm-hmm. is extremely important. That's a great uh, when point. When you go into a second retirement or looking at a second uh, career, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity for socialization skills to continue to be encouraged to engage uh, with your coworkers. The majority of the time, we spend a great deal of our time Employed, if you think about it, mm-hmm. I've been working ever since the fifth grade. So that is the majority of your life. And mm-hmm. Wake Tech offers so many opportunities for citizens. You can even have a baking class online. You can be a professional baker. Uh, you can seek a health care career. Mm-hmm. And going back and working into the long-term care environment, working with seniors with activities, uh, teaching young people to read, intergenerational activities. And the second career offers you an opportunity to reinvent yourself. Wow. Because with seniors, you can share all of your experiences. Mm -hmm. You can also have an opportunity to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. There are so many opportunities that are available. Mm-hmm. And I recently was chatting during the COVID. This is what has brought this uh, topic even more relevant and made it more relevant. Is I met encountered an individual at the drive up at the bank. And we were chatting back and forth because you weren't not allowed to go into the lobby. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to me at the drive-thru window about her experience. She was a senior, and we were talking, and she said that one of the biggest things she had regretted during COVID was retirement. Hmm. I asked her why. She said, because I miss my friends. I miss my coworkers. I miss the interaction. I miss going out having a nice lunch. Mm-hmm. I miss the lunchtime walk. And whenever you start and you think about it, how much time you spend at your job, things that you can gain mm-hmm. when you seek a second career, and uh, the socialization, coping skills, being active, being involved, giving back. Everybody wants to feel youthful. You want to feel youthful? You want to contribute because we spend so much of our time and it's important and we've seen the results. Mm-hmm. And what I've explained to students, we are there to encourage, to engage, to keep people involved. 
And through the drive-through window and just chatting back and forth, I could sense that this lady was missing a major element in her life. Mm -hmm. So what I encouraged her to do is to seek that second career because you can do it all over again. You can do it better. Absolutely. Because you're working at your leisure, you're gaining socialization, you're learning how to work with people, uh, you're giving back. Mm -hmm. So it's never too early to start looking and investing in ways that I can give back, ways that I can transition into a second career, ways that I can volunteer, ways that I can remain active. Because one of the biggest uh, things that we have seen through what we call a disengagement theory is that over a period of time, if you're not careful, people have a process of disengagement from Mm -hmm. social groups, from civic groups, from church services, from friends, and they become lonesome and isolated. And we've seen through studies of of COVID and the effects of elderly uh, in long-term care how this has affected them. So it's never, ever too early to start looking at that second career. That's very helpful. Looking at volunteer work throughout the community. Absolutely. So it sounds like passion projects and you can focus on your dream job and fulfill that mission and, and, and fill that void, especially after COVID when so many people are seeking um, how to move forward and what next. So when you've decided that you're going to start looking at a second career, what are some first steps in doing that? Should you be brushing up your resume or networking or, or how do you go about kind of the next step after you've made that decision? Okay. After you've made that decision and I'm so glad you asked that question because that leads into my next little segment. Uh, one way of doing that and utilizing the resources that are in the community, uh, Wake Tech, which is the largest community college that we're fortunate in the state of North Carolina, has career coaching. They have so many online classes that are available. Uh, there's so much help for seniors. Uh, that are in the community. Uh, Delta's ministry has a coaching, job coaching service that's available. So there are so many options that are available to look and say what I call assessing, reassessing yourself. The first stage of career planning is what are my strengths? What is my interest? Mm -hmm. What are some things that I'm interested in? What have I had? Do what need do I have to fulfill? So just the self-assessment is first, and being honest. These these are areas that I'm interested in. I now have time to pursue these. What am I going to bring to the table? So you are constantly assessing. What are my needs? What can I bring to the table? And being honest. This is something I'm very passionate about art. I'm very passionate about painting. I'm very passionate about floral culture. Or I have um, special knowledge in portrait writing. Or I am excellent in exercise and yoga. These are some things that you match not only your strength, interests, and needs with what is available. 
Yeah, it requires a, a lot of introspection, and that's that's probably a good exercise for us to do, regardless of if we're pursuing a second career. But this is obviously something very important to consider when you are looking at a second career or, or you know focusing on your retirement years. We're speaking with Johnny McManus. She's a uh, Johnny is a therapeutic recreation specialist with Wake Tech, and we're going to continue our conversation right after this. Stick around. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. You can always find more about Transitions Life Care online anytime at transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. Our guest on the line is Johnny McManus, and Johnny is a therapeutic recreation specialist with Wake Tech, and we're talking all about second careers after retirement. And Mary, uh, Johnny is uh, kind of inspired me to, know. <laughs> uh, you know, make sure I'm planning for my retirement years. But uh, there was also a mention of, of various resources, and I know we want to dive into that. Absolutely. I, I'm very excited. I can't wait to be a radio host in my next career. <laughs> um, but Johnny, can you talk to us a little bit about some additional resources that people should be seeking out when starting their second career hunt in the process? Okay. Second careers and looking at First of all, is the self-assessment. What am I good at? What are some things that I enjoy? What can I turn that hobby even into a short-term profit of, of bringing financial in, if that, that is the need, uh, but also looking at what am I passionate about, uh, looking into long-term care uh, facilities that as things are opening up, the need for volunteers, of course, using the community college as a resource, uh, using the households of faith, because a lot of faith-based organizations, churches affiliated, they have so many volunteer opportunities that are available where you can reach out to sick, the shut-in, uh, Meals on Wheels program. There is such a need right now for hands-on, even to telephone, becoming a pen pal, all kinds of things are available. Uh, even looking into the hospitality industry, and there are courses through Wake Tech Community College to be a, a concierge at a hotel. Wow. Elderly people and older people like myself enjoy talking. We enjoy giving the fact. We enjoy if you're checking into a motel or hotel. You enjoy knowing where is the best restaurant, where can I exercise, where can I grab a quick bite. Mm -hmm. uh, elderly people have an opportunity to provide additional information. So the hotel industry is wide open. Never before have we seen a time where there are so many classes online, even a baking class, mm -hmm. of becoming a professional baker. Perfect that art. And my resource and my 
enthusiasm is stir up the gift that you have Mm -hmm. and be willing to share that gift. But also taking the time while you're here on this earth to share with other individuals. You've transitioned from one career. You know what it's like. You know what it's involved. And most individuals that are seeking a second career have the time, the patience to pour into not only people in long-term care, but young people that are seeking guidance. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of things that are available in many projects. Community gardens are springing up. The need to talk and read to young people Mm -hmm. that's available on literacy programs, online programs that are through the college. Um, There's a great MS website for reaching out. There's all kinds of service projects that are available. Mm -hmm. And my advice, because I see seniors now more than ever, going for it in second careers. People are working longer. They're living longer. So continue to contribute back into the community. Once the basic needs are taken care of, house, food, shelter, all of us have things that we can pour back into the community to make the world better. There's all kinds of volunteer opportunities. Uh, everything that that is available so that people don't feel socially isolated, so that they don't disconnect. And we have the opportunity to utilize technology. We have the opportunity to use media. We have the opportunity to use cell phones. There's all kinds of things available. And our voice to start planning, give back, pour into someone else. Because once you start planting those seeds, those seeds continue to grow. Continue to be encouraged and engaged. If you don't use it, you lose it. And what I tell my students, you are paid to play. So with that in mind, we want to continue to encourage and engage constantly. Every resource that is available. Churches are available. Wake Tech Community College has a slew of opportunities, career coaches that are available that you can contact. Senior Citizen Centers and things open back up. Make it your business that I'm going to pull back. I'm going to plan a second career. I'm going to be as the best I can be. So I thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share this message. Well, Johnny, but seek uh, that second career and start working. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we uh, we head out, Johnny, I, I got to ask you, you know, for those of us considering a second career, you know, maybe there's there's some fear there. You know, what would you say to those who, uh, you know, I guess when we're dealing with our first careers, it might be, you know, making the wrong choice or, you know, how's this going to work out for me? But with the second career, it might be more of, uh, boy, I guess acceptance. You know, I'm trying something new. Maybe I've done something else my whole life and I'm going to jump into this or uh, is this group going to accept me? Can you talk a little bit about uh, maybe fear and overcoming that fear of making a, a, a big change for a second career? I think that part of it is taking the first step. And if you never take that first step, 
if you never take that first step, you'll always be wondering, what should I have done? And you don't want to be at a stage where you're 65 and 70 and saying, I wish I had, I could have. Uh, take that first step. The first step is always scary, but you will find out. Once you take that step and be bold, your first career, you're looking into the promotion. You're looking into making sure that I'm getting all of my ducks in a row, that I, I might not be the CEO of a company or whatever, but I'm seeking retirement, making sure that I'm making accurate uh, steps toward to advance my career. The second career, you have experience, and experience speaks volumes. Experience speaks volumes. But taking that step, if you don't take that step, you've already failed. And if you take a step and it doesn't work out, you pick yourself back up and you try something else. But you continue to make that step, to make that progress. Yeah, that, that's... You continue to make that progress because it's very important that you give something back. And you can do that during that second career. That's very well and, said. And, you know, the expression is, if I shoot for the moon and land among the stars, I'm still successful. Johnny, you got me fired up. I'm ready to I'm ready to come see you. I, I, <laughs> I, I got a couple of decades before I need to consider a second career, I think. You know, who knows what the bosses think here. But, Johnny, you, you got me fired up. Thank you so much for your time today, Johnny McManus, Therapeutic Recreation Specialist with Wake Tech. Johnny, if folks want to find more, should they just Google Wake Tech? Is that the best way to get started? Yes, if this is the activity care, activity coordinators class for long-term care. Wonderful. And you will never, ever be disappointed. Mm -hmm. uh, so we appreciate the opportunity. The students and faculty at Wake Tech appreciate this opportunity to share this message. Go for that second career. Start planning. Give back. Excellent. Very well said. Uh, we are just about out of time here. I want to thank our guests today, and we want to remind you that you can always find more information about Aging Matters. If you want to check out past episodes, podcasts, go to WPTF.com. Just click on the podcast button and find the Aging Matters section there. On behalf of Mary Lucas, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.